Welcome to Top Brew, the show that is best served fresh. Our sponsor this week is Thrasher Coffee. Visit thrashercoffee.com and shop for freshly roasted whole bean coffees like the Homestead, Pioneer, and Prospect Roasts. I am Joe Darnell, and joining me today is my co-host, Eric Rauch. How are you doing? Good. I'm doing fine. And I would like to point out, Joe, that it's very difficult to roast ground coffee. So coffee is always roasted whole bean. Yeah, I was uh, trying to make the point, though, that you only deliver whole bean coffees. Well, I was like, just trying to make the point that it was it was a joke. Okay, got it. Ha 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 Start out on a bit of levity. <laughs> Well, we, obviously, I have a lot to learn in this here format of the podcast world. Oh, you have no idea. Um, we we got lost, off to a great start last week. I wanted to say a, a huge thanks to our early listeners to episode one. We are not snobby coffee drinkers. One of the fun things about starting a podcast, Eric, is that you never know if anybody's going to show up to listen. Right. And if there will be vocal enough to give you any positive or negative feedback so you can update your show and steer it in the right direction. But we got it this time. So people showed up? Yes. Yes. They all showed Thank up to people. our podcast, our live podcast. And uh, they listened <laughs> to it live over the internet. Um, we had uh, lots of subscribers on RSS and iTunes. And the, uh, I've really enjoyed hearing what our listeners have to say. So thank you for all of your support and getting us started here at the beginning of Top Brew. Yes. Thank you, people. <laughs> Whoever you are. Right. And if you, if you don't have anything positive to say, you can leave now. <laughs> Um, so we wanted to talk about a few things, episode two type things, follow up to our discussion about craft coffee. Eric, you found something interesting that you wanted to share with the listeners. You want to ta- tell us a little bit about this and then we'll play it back for people to hear. Right. A few nights ago, I was watching, I was watching television and a commercial for craft, it was craft barbecue sauce. It's similar to what, uh, Coke products or Pepsi products where they they made these these throwback drinks with with real sugar. Yeah, it was Pepsi. It was Pepsi. And so you got the Dr Pepper, the Mountain Dew, right? And and the thing is mainly those two. And well, there's Pepsi as well, and and they're made with, with real sugar, right? And and they look like they're in vintage bottles. Yeah, and, and that's and that's what I think I, I think I think Kraft is trying to do here, and it, it was barbecue sauce, right? I, I don't even yes. remember what the what the product was, but I just I remember them them. Listing off all these all these ingredients, we're using we're using this molasses. We're using this. Yeah, we're using these these real ingredients. In other words, not like we used to chemical process everything. Now we're using real stuff. You know, so it's this throwback to a to a a, a craft age where, uh, no pun intended, I guess, yeah. craft with a C. But craft, the company is is trying to to harness this uh, desire among consumers that, that they want real stuff. They want real food. They want done the old fashioned way by right. hand and, and, and using the real, the real ingredients for versus the, like whatever you're talking about, the, any, anything that's remotely synthetic or um, made in the lab that winds up in your, your cheese product or right. it, which you could expect from craft. Craft barbecue sauce has a whole new recipe inspired by the old way of making things starting with simple ingredients like red ripe tomatoes sweet molasses and now with cane sugar all slow simmered so go ahead make pulled pork wings ribs amazing things are changing at craft when you brought this up i I thought to myself well i'm not a fan of craft but i completely understand what they're trying to appeal to because there's a market for the stuff that is handcrafted right. and made from like the old school right. you know like real churned butter right and that that's the point i think not not so much that that craft is doing this it's why they're doing this because they recognize that that there's that there's a 
there's a, a cry among among the consumers, and this is what capitalism does. It, if if the company wants to make money, they will they will meet this this need that they see out there and offer something and and try to get try to separate their their buyers from their money with this with this this new focus or this or this new product. And that's what I was I was trying to say in in episode one that there is this growing. Uh, desire this growing trend, so to speak, of people wanting this real stuff. They want they want craft this, craft that, uh, things that are handmade. Things are like you know you picture picture grandma or or your mom or 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 your dad mixing this this barbecue sauce up in a bowl in in the in the kitchen. Yeah, it's like the family is around the grill and it's as though they made their own barbecue right. sauce that day, but it's really craft. But exactly, yeah, you get the impression that this is homemade, right? And this isn't just going for barbecue sauce. This is going for the coffee industry. And I, we have an article on uh, the links of note for to, uh, topbrew.fm last week where the people were describing how this is also happening in the coffee house industry. So there is a, co- a Starbucks in Williamsburg, Virginia, where they basically have like the artisanal coffee uh, come and coming through Starbucks, the experience you'll get there is not like any other Starbucks in the world because they are they're experimenting on the roasts. So they're roasting them on site, and it feels like an independent small coffee roast operation. You're not just going in to get a cup of coffee. You're going in for this full full on experience mm. of of seeing the roaster, seeing seeing how all this stuff happens, smelling the roast while it's happening. You're not obviously not drinking that that roast, but but you're getting you're getting this this uh, five cents experience that that normally you wouldn't you wouldn't get from from a coffee house. And the reason that they are doing this, why they're taking these measures, why Kraft wants you to be uh, attracted to this artisanal style barbecue sauce, is because there is a growing minority of people that all the time want to have that kind of freshness and that homemade quality without. I mean, it used to be like when I was a kid, they would talk about the homemade quality as if it was like grandma's old fashioned, and then you fill in the blank. Yeah. Yeah. Pure. Yeah. And there's, so there's like a world of difference between the, the real lemonade stand and then the stuff that you can get from the fountain machine in the restaurant. Right. That's the direction that we're all heading. And, you know, it, like I said, this is a growing minority. There's going to be a lot of people that are always satisfied with whatever they can get out of the lemonade and the soft drink dispenser. But I think that more and more you're seeing people who want that stuff that seems original, more fresh, and uh, like artisanal. It's it's like anything else. When you decide that, that you want to go this 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 route, especially think of when you go to the grocery store and you want to buy all organic vegetables or all uh, grass-fed beef or, or, or you, know, you, you name it. You know you're going to spend more money. You know it's going to cost more. There's a bill of sale that's being sold to you that well it's better for you the reason the reason like or- why organic products yeah it's 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 not it's not factory produced it's not something that it's harder to do it's it, it's a it's a more unique product than than the stuff that you can buy uh, straight off the shelf so yeah this 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 does apply to coffee because there's all sorts of different ways you, you can buy coffee you can get organic you can get fair trade you can get you can get farmer direct beans but they're going to cost more and that that cost obviously has to be be paid by somebody. And it's always going to get passed on to the consumer. So if you if you want that, if you want that that natural experience, then you're 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 saying straight up that it's going to cost more, right? And something that this uh, segues into is sort of like where we approached brewing coffee at home for ourselves. I don't think that you, I don't think the best way to be introduced 
to handcrafted coffee at home or a restaurant is to overanalyze it and overthink it. Like in hindsight, we've come to these conclusions. We've figured out that there's something special to uh, roasting it yourself if you can or getting it as close to the roast date as you can versus buying the bag of coffee beans that you could pick up at the local grocery store. Because whatever that stuff is, it's not going to be fresh. And then when you take it and you make it in a um, highly commercialized plastic, you know, drip coffee maker with a paper filter that doesn't, that doesn't do anything for the sake of the coffee, except to make a coffee flavored water, (laughs) you know, then, um, then yeah, you just, you, you eliminate the quality. It's all about mass consumption. And it it feels like you're just checking it off the list. I got some coffee in my system today. It didn't matter what it tasted like. But for us, we didn't come at it this this way when we decided to improve the coffee that we have at home, you know, and to improve the coffee that we have at the office. I think what happened was somebody else made us really good coffee. Somebody introduced us to, well, we made it in a French press mm-hmm. and, you know, try this. Now, you know, you're at a resort. Like, that's actually what happened to me. The first time I had French press coffee, I was at a resort and I had no reason to expect that it should be good. I just thought, well, why are they using... This is a, different. This yeah. is fancy. Right. Like, why? Okay. I guess because it looks more elegant. Right. Like, and that's what I thought when I saw the French press itself. And it, and it does. It, it, I mean, it definitely looks looks more old world and elegant than than this black drip coffee machine or white you said, with this, this clunky glass carafe and this cone. And I mean, it, it, it does look nicer it, yeah it does look more elegant so that, you know there is that it you do feel like you're like you're doing something that's that's of a higher quality even even if it's if it's actually not yeah you still do have that that but perception i didn't like i only saw the french press though like out of the corner of my mouth a uh, corner of my eye where it was sitting up on the counter while i was having d- dinner with my wife we had dinner and now they were serving us dessert and we asked for a cup of coffee i it blew me away because it, it, it tasted so good I mean, like I could not explain how much better it was, and, it, and I didn't. What I didn't know at the time was it wasn't all attributed to the French press. Like part of it was the fact that it had been brewing extraordinarily good beans, mm-hmm. and that makes a world of difference. Right. Combined with the French press, with someone who's been, you know, taught a little bit about how to use them together, and it doesn't take a lot. You just have to be a little bit educated and do it by the recipe. And you're in great shape. And that's what happened to me that day. I wanted to drink the whole thing, and it was a large French press. And I didn't think that you could make coffee like that. Yeah, you can you can French press bad coffee, and it's still bad coffee. Yeah. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't solve every problem. It, it's still just a tool. But you are actually tasting. Well, if you, if you take the coffee you normally drink, and you put it in a French press and make it that way, maybe for the first time, there, there's no paper filter, there, there's, no, there's no other interference. You are actually tasting the coffee. Mm. And you, you you might come to realize that you that you like it that much more, or that what have I been drinking? This is awful. There's there's no place there's no place for the flavor to hide in a French press. That's that's what I like about it is that you are fully getting the experience because it's like tea. You're taking you're taking hot water and you're taking ground coffee and putting them into a into a glass beaker, stirring them, and that's it. You press it a few minutes later and. There's, there's, there's no place. If there's, if there's good flavors in there, you're going to get them. If there's bad flavors in there, you're going to get them too. Hmm. Kind of a, a truth device. Hmm. You know, what does my, what does my coffee really taste like? Right. And the best way to get that is with the hand crafting, the, the, the brew ritual with your own devices at home that are, that are as far removed from the drip maker as possible. Right. 
so I wanted to talk a little bit, Eric, about how we brew our own coffees at home. We we were publishing your brew ritual on topbrew.fm this week, and we published mine last week. But I, you know, for the people who don't have the ch- time to check out the blog post, I wanted to describe a little bit of what we do and uh, based on our personal tastes and where where we are today. Like how how do we brew coffee for ourselves and for our family? Okay, well my my see primary... I, I haven't read your I haven't read your post yet, so th- this is all new material. Oh, it's to me. brilliant! It's absolutely brilliant. Awesome. Um, I'm wait, I'm on the edge of my seat. Okay, good, good. Um, I don't want to let you down. I primarily use the French press. Uh, I would say eighty percent of the time, I typically drink one in the morning, um, one late afternoon, maybe uh, maybe early afternoon, depending on how the day is going. And then, uh, and then after dinner, I we, didn't know that. Yeah, we almost always always have an um, an after dinner press. And one of the things that I mentioned in the in the article is that when I started drinking French press coffee, I realized I wasn't drinking as much coffee. But when I get to the bottom of a French pressed cup, I'm I'm satisfied. I've I've I have kind of met my coffee quota. Whereas before, when I was when I was drinking in, in offices that had 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 drip machines and these you know these industrial, they would they brew right into into um, these air air pots, airtight airtight yeah. carafes, and I would literally just finish one cup, go get another. You're not getting out of the coffee what it's what it's trying to give to you. There's there's something in between you and the and the uh, and the bean. Hmm. But with the French press, you don't get that. At, at least at least for me, I don't. I find that I drink I I I, I drink a cup get to the bottom of it and I'm good. I'm satisfied. Uh, there's, there's a little bit of sentiment always, no matter what you do in a, in a, in a French press. Yeah. Because it's not using a paper filter. It's not a, it's a screen. Catch that. Right. It's yeah. a, it's a fine screen. So nothing is, 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 is getting filtered out. So you're getting the oils, you're getting bits of sediment. Um, and I, I know that sounds bad, you know, to, to people who probably haven't, haven't drank from the French press. S- sediment never sounds good. You never, you never speak about sediment in a, in a good way, but in, in, in this way, it's pieces of coffee. It's little small particulate matter of, of, of coffee. And if you like coffee in water, well, you're going to like, you're going to like, uh, yeah, it's just like a little dusting of the yeah. coffee bean. It's not like undissolved sugar grains. Right. It's, it's more pleasant even, even though it, it doesn't necessarily belong there. <laughs> it's still more pleasant. I I, I disagree. I th- I think it does. Really, I think okay. it does belong there. I think it's only because we started using paper filters and these other things that that we that we've come to expect this clean cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and you know that and that's fine too. I mean, whatever your expectations are is pulp free versus extra pulp. Yeah, w- was orange juice ever pulp free before we had this process to take the pulp not. out? No, no, because it, it it gives it a a different mouthfeel. It's it's not thin. And so, like I said, that's about eighty percent of my of my ritual. Uh, the the other the other twenty percent is uh, you you bought me an AeroPress for Christmas, for which I'm et- eternally grateful. Oh, cool! And I'm I use it probably not as, as as much as I should. I just don't think about it whenever whenever I whenever I go to make coffee. I just I I, I you grab use what you're accustomed and, to. You got the French press right. all the time, yeah, um, for years. I do use the AeroPress when I want to test. Hmm. I'll make a bean um, that that I've roasted with in the French press. I'll make it. Uh, as a pour over, and then I'll make it as an AeroPress too, just to try to get the 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 gamut of what this of what this coffee can offer. Um, so I've got, I've I've come to like the pour over. It's simple. It's easy. I tend to want want to use the pour over. I, t- I tend to want to use the lower roasted beans, like like our medium or our our medium dark. Mm. But when I when I make our dark roast, I almost always reach for the French press because I want that full bodied experience. Hmm. 
in a minute, I want to talk more about what you use to grind and like the temperatures and anything you add to your coffee. But uh, first, I want to talk about our sponsor for this episode, episode two sponsor, Thrasher Coffee again. Our thanks to Thrasher Coffee for sponsoring this site and the podcast. Thrasher Coffee provides the fastest online freshly roasted coffee source from the heart of Dixie. Their roasters source beans from around the world, taste tests hundreds of them, then carefully produces astonishingly flavorful coffees. When you order at thrashercoffee.com, it is roasted to order and shipped within 24 hours. You will always have the tastiest fresh coffee experience in every brew for your homestead or the office tower from Thrasher Coffee. I I helped Eric start Thrasher a year ago, and I can personally vouch for the quality and their expertise. I've been there when the coffee beans were taste tested and perfected for your sake. And they have a roast that suits everyone. They have the original selection, the Homestead, the Pioneer, Prospect, and the Liberty Coffee labels. My personal favorites are the Pioneer Single Roast and the Liberty Blend, which make two distinct and delicious cups of coffee for the morning and the evening. Now, looking for a great price for a coffee membership can be hard to come by. But you would always be treated like a connoisseur at Thrasher with a discount up to twenty, uh, sorry, thirty-five percent off all true pounds of whole bean coffee, and free shipping on your favorite roasts that are shipped automatically for you every two or four weeks. Thrasher Coffee Roast responsibly harvested beans and supply premium, fresh, small batch coffee experiences to their discerning customers at an affordable price. Thank you, Thrasher Coffee, for supporting Top Brew, this podcast, and the website. Okay, so we were talking about your brew ritual, and I, I think you got sucked into the vortex of all things French press because we really want to talk about the French press, and I think we could talk about it for a whole episode. But it's just one part of the picture of what makes home brewing what it is. And uh, I know several of the developers, the, the the nerds out there, have a different idea of what home brewing is. Yeah, but. Uh, that's what we're describing is it concerns coffee and uh, the the handcrafting experience, if you will. So there's more to it than just the French press, though. Just give us like a an overall picture of like what your setup is like at home and how it differs at the, you know at the office and what all you use in addition to the French press. My setup is very redneck. It's not, it's not high tech. It doesn't it doesn't require a lot of uh, a lot of money to. To set up whatever, and you can make really great coffee like that. It doesn't have to be high tech. It right. doesn't have to be fancy. I use a I use a Bonavita, uh, hot 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 water pot. It's a one point seven liter. It's not it's not a gooseneck like like the one you have. Ah. and then I I use a uh, probably twenty five year old blade grinder that that I bought. I think I bought when when I was in the navy. In fact, I may have bought it even before that. Uh, it's but it's been it's been with me for a, a long time and. I've I've tried other grinders. I've tried, I've tried. Burr. We, we have a we have a burr grinder at home that 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 does a that does a fairly good job. One of the nice things is you don't have to think about it. You just dump the beans in. You press the button, and it it's it spits the grounds out out the bottom. I I find myself coming back to my I think it's brawn. I think it's a brawn. B r a u n. When the coffee craze started back in early nineties. Everybody seemed to have one. How you grind your coffee? I'm sure burr grinders were were in existence then, but but nobody had one. They 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 had this 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 white tube with a uh, opaque lid that you you dump your beans into, and you and, and 
and you press down and and the blade whirs around and it grinds your beans. A lot of the packaging for those bur- oh, sorry, those old mill grinders still says to this day that they are spice grinders. Right. Yeah, and, and, and that, maybe that's what they originally were intended for. But there was a generation that when they discovered, hey, I should take it up to a few notches for my coffee at home, it was one of the first things that your group of people realized is, oh, okay, well, I should be grinding myself. Right. Because you can get some, you can get a lot more of the flavor, not necessarily freshness, but you, you, it affords you more flavor than having the ground coffee already in the bag. Right. Yeah. So, so I, I use that. And, um, one of the, one of the pictures that I, that I share on the, on the website is what, what my grind looks like. And, and it looks different every time. I mean, I, it's not like I, not like I, I hit it perfectly every time. Now I'm not, I'm not just sitting there holding the button down for, I'm pulsing it and I'm shaking it and I'm doing, I'm doing other things with the, with the grinder to make sure that, that it doesn't just sit there and, and grind these beans into a, into a fine dust, which it, which it will do. Uh, but you just, you just have to have to learn how to, how to mess with it. And, and I think that's, that's, that's part of the fun. That's part of the craft. Right. Either you're shown by somebody who has the experience or you do it the first time and it, it kind of stinks. Right. It's just, it doesn't turn out the results you're looking for probably because it's, uh, underground. It's too, it's too, um, what do they call it? Coarse. Mm-hmm. Or on the other extreme, you just, you ground it too fine for the sake of the coffee brewing setup that you're using, whether it's a French press or an aero press or the drip right. maker or something else. Yeah. And, and if you're dumping it into something that, that, that has a paper filter, the optimum grind to get to extract the flavor in four minutes when, when you pour 205 degree water, which is, which is what I, my water pot, I can set it to hold at a certain temperature. And I always use 205 degrees. Uh, I used to before I had this one with a with a whole temperature, I used to just run it all the way up to boiling, and then and then let it set for about twenty five thirty seconds, and then and then pour the water. So it's it's probably steeping about one hundred eighty five degrees for four minutes. I press it and I drink it, <laughs> and that's that's my brew ritual. Yeah, and and so you have that kettle, then you have the the mill grinder, and the French press, and occasionally the air press. Yeah, and I have a I have a, a postal scale. Uh, you know, fifteen dollar postal scale that that uh, to weigh the the beans, and for the for the size French press that that I use, it's just me in in the office. I'm not sharing it with anybody, so it's a a little two cup French press, and I use one point one ounces of of whole bean coffee to about sixteen ounces of water. See, I measure my my beans in uh, grams, but to each his own, and it doesn't really matter as long as you get the. the yeah, I can measure it in grams too. I just push yeah. the button and say, Yeah, and that's the wonderful thing I found about those weight measurers is that they, the, yeah, you just press the button and they give you whatever kind of measurement you need. Yeah, and that's that's why why I I said a postal scale because um, when you go to wherever you go to buy your your kitchen supplies, there's there's going to be a section where there's kitchen gadgets. Those are always going to be a little bit more expensive for the same thing, then, then you could go over to the other side, to the office side of, of Target or Walmart or, or wherever and get a postal scale. I mean, you're going to save yourself a a few dollars right there because it's, (laughs) it's not, it's, well, this, this is only for measuring boxes and postage. So we, we can't charge nearly as much for this as, as we do for the kitchen, (laughs) the kitchen scale. It's the same thing. You know, it does, it does the same job. It has, it has one job to weigh things. So go over to the other side Save yourself some money, so then you can start subscribing to Thrasher Coffee because you save so much money on your scale. And I highly recommend that everybody to go and goes out and do, does that right now Me before too. they finish the show. Right, the Brew Ritual article. If you want to learn more about Eric's Brew Ritual, then check out the article which goes up tomorrow. And you can also read about mine, which I published last week. 
And in in this series of this of the, of the discussion, I, I won't go into great detail of mine. I think everybody already kind of has an idea of what I do. Um, I, I'm a little bit geeky about it, but my my wife also catered to my geeky quality, and she gave me a coffee station in the corner of the kitchen. So it's removed from the kitchen counters, and on the lower shelves, I have my storage of my mill grinder and my coffee bean canisters for storage to keep them as fresh as poss- as long as possible. And I was noticing today, it's kind of ridiculous to watch you work at your station because you're what six four. Yeah, and this and this station is is like three feet tall. Yeah, it's so he's 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 looking awful silly at his at his coffee station, it but is. it's his, it's his, it's his area. We were on vacation uh, for the last weekend, and they had this very high counter in the corner of the of the room, and I and that's where they had their own coffee brewer, you know, set up and the the ice canister, and so I so that's where I set up our coffee making, and it was it was so glorious because it was so high up off the ground. We, really, it was at, above my elbows. Oh. I loved so you it. Didn't, you didn't have to bend over. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> it had the microwave and the refrigerator built in the, uh, underneath this counter, okay. so it was that tall. See, I would have had to have gotten a stool. Yeah, in order to use that. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we always have one of those handy for the kids. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. So then on my the top of my coffee station, I have the the very simple, straightforward scales. On the left-hand side, I have my kettle in the middle, and then it's a gooseneck kettle, and it, it, it performs the temperature controls as well as Eric's and holds it for an hour, and you can run that in Fahrenheit or Celsius, and that is worth so much money. Like what you get, the value you get out of a kettle with a base station that will hold it for you like that with that mm-hmm. kind of accuracy is worth so much because it saves you so much time right. and frustration because not all coffee needs to be prepared at boiling point. Mm-hmm. We can talk about that in another episode. Then I have the Bonavita burr grinder beside my kettle station. And uh, then I, I keep all the parts for my working AeroPress on the corner of the, co- uh, the coffee station. So I'd have just enough room to make two cups of coffee side by side if I wanted to on that coffee station. And uh, my wife likes the pour over. So I picked one up from Starbucks, nothing fancy, but it's a ceramic mug that has a ceramic pour over uh, component on the top, the, the filter, if you will, or the, um, what would the funnel, <laughs> so to speak? The cone. The cone, thank you. So I can make her, her pour over coffee just the way she likes it like that. And my AeroPress, a coffee side by side and my coffee supplier is thrasher but I, i'd be happy I, i've been trying out other roasters all on you know lately just to what? see what yeah because i mean like you have four fantastic roasts but i'm just exploring more of the coffee variety out there so when we were on vacation i i picked up a bag of very good beans yeah i know <laughs> whatever <laughs> we're, we're, we're not going to be thrasher exclusive i i should hope not i, I will we'll talk about other roasters that we would recommend on the website because uh, not everybody can uh, at this time rush out and get thrasher coffee today so we'd like to, like you to know how to find some good beans fast but they don't have, have to rush out joe that's, that's why right. we have a website that's right we make it we so come easy. to your door I mean, I'm just going to edit this all in post and say, <laughs> thrasher coffee, thrasher coffee. <laughs> so we got some uh, beans that I want to talk about next week when talking about light, medium, and dark roasts and how people interpret them and what companies are doing and how coffee houses are playing games with us and how the, the coffee drinkers are confused about what they're getting in their actual coffee brews. Controversy is raging, Joe. <laughs> Yes, the the majority of the of the controversy actually surrounds the the profile of the roast more so than anything else. I would think. Yeah, I would say it's more about the terminology. As with most 
most things in uh, the world of craft coffee, it all points back to Starbucks. <laughs> all roads lead to Starbucks. All roads lead to Starbucks. <laughs> so this completes episode two of Top Brew. If you'd like to keep up to date, follow us on Twitter at Top Brew FM. You can also find us on Facebook.com slash Top Brew FM. And it, we would love to hear from you and see what you think about the show with a star rating and a review of the podcast on iTunes. If you would just take five minutes to look us up and leave a few words in a review, that would be much appreciated. And I want to give a special thanks to this episode's sponsor, Thrasher Coffee, who is the only coffee source anybody in the world should use. If you want to be supportive, enjoy Thrasher Coffee and let them know that we sent you. I am Joe Darnell. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.